So I'm going to start out this morning with a question. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Now, you know we have a little group setting here, so feel free to, to jump in, all right? But I want, I want to ask you this morning, do you ever get a little overwhelmed? All right, I'm going to pray for you guys. Everybody, yeah. How many people get overwhelmed every now and then? How many people got overwhelmed this week? Yeah. We can just get overwhelmed with things, can't we? And, and I tell you, you know, as we look at that, I thought, you know, what a great way to put my wife to work this morning. I will get her to write a few things on the board. See, if you're a school teacher, say, I used you last time. Sonny, you, you took a hit for us one time too, didn't you? But I'm going to ask Denise to come up here and write a couple of things down because we're going to get real today. Is that okay? So I want to ask you guys something. Can you tell me a, a few things that maybe overwhelm you? Anybody? Work. Work. Oh, man. Hold <laughs> that. Hold that thought. <laughs> Work, okay. What else? Family. Oh, I thought that was my mother-in-law said family. Let's <laughs> go, grandmama. Okay, what do we got? Family, family. All right, what else we got? Come on, keep it coming, y'all. Schedules, yeah. Health. Yeah. School for the young ones. Yeah, school. <laughs> 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 so, what's again? Well, it's worse than work, and I knew it from 35, 40 years of experience. Self-employed, no one. Amen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know what's good? Because so we get different perspectives. Because somebody said I'm overworked, and somebody said I'm underworked, right? All right, what else? I know there's more. Let's see. We said health. What do we got? Work, finances, this, that. Uh, <laughs> put it on here. We're just being truthful. That, that can be overwhelming us sometimes. I bet you there's some more if we think about it. We'll do a 10 second countdown, see if we can think of any more. I don't know. My wife's writing it, Dana. Be careful. <laughs> he, said, he said that, honey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What about, I mean, what about, uh, did we put, well, we put schedules. I was thinking time, time constraints. What else? What else overwhelms us? How about this? Um, what about death? Does that overwhelm you? Yeah, sometimes people think about that. Let's try that. Any, anything else? Going once? Going twice? Okay. You done good, man. Thank you. All right, let's talk about some of that stuff. If we look at that, you know, we think about work. And so I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes, man, our schedule, we can kind of put those together and finances. A lot of these feed off each other, don't you? I mean, how many know you got to work? If you like to eat, you got to work. And, and, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. And we're thankful for the jobs that we have. And you know what? And, uh, you know, sometimes I always tell people, so whether you don't like what you're doing, what are you doing to change it? You know, you, you, you're in that equation too. You know what I mean? So if there's something we want to try different, we need to implement a different plan, right? So what else? Finances. Man, always more month than money usually, right? A lot of times it is. A lot of times. Family. Next. Moving on. Schedule. <laughs> See how we move through that right there? But family, sometimes your family is the hardest one to talk to, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> In the third row over there, they're going, you're telling us. Yeah. It is, you know, because a lot of times, you know, with family, it's hard. It's hard to reach them sometimes. But you know what? We just keep loving them anyway. I know I'm thankful for my family. I know you're thankful for yours. Amen. Time and schedules, man, rushing, rushing. Anybody, I don't remember my folks being as busy as what we are now. How about y'all? Do you remember your, your parents being this busy? I mean, I know they're hard work and everything else, but my goodness, when they came home, the day was pretty well done and. Maybe have a meal together. Now somebody's over here and you got to text them and they're in the bedroom and got to pry them off the Xbox and everything else, right? That doesn't happen in my house, does it? So. But you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff. How about health? I think that's a huge one. And a lot of times we take that for granted, don't we, sometimes? It's, you know, when, when you feel good, it's great. But bump that little toe and you'll find out how important that little toe is, don't you? I'm like, how could that hurt so bad? You know, the Bible talks about that we're, we're a piece of the body, right? And when one hurts, we all hurt. And I think that's a great uh, illustration, you know. Everybody's not a mouthpiece. Everybody's not a, a toe. But you know what? You have a part in the body. Everybody is just as important as the other part. And I want you to hear that today. Amen. Well, news. My goodness. 
You got you to gotta be careful with the news. They, they got any good news. That's usually about this much in the newspaper, isn't it? About that much. Everything else is, man, this is coming. The sky is falling, all these things. But you know what will help counter a lot of that? Putting our hope in Christ. Putting it up against the backdrop of Jesus. Amen. What else? No work. Hey, let me tell you, that's a tough time when you, when you got things coming on and, and, and the bills, they keep coming. But you know what? When you don't have work and you're willing to work and you have the ability to work and there's no work, that's a tough time. Government, you know, there's a lot of different changes. I say pray for our government. Amen. Amen. You know, pray for our government. That's, that's my response there. Honey-do list. Pray for our government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not jumping on I'm not jumping on that. Boy, you set me up on that. You set me up, Dan, in death. But you know what? What does the Bible say? Where is your staying death? When we have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah, we're going to miss the, our loved ones. But you know, when they have that, that promise that, that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, guess what? He says that you know what? You will spend eternity in heaven with him. I did a funeral last night. I worked with this fellow years ago. Uh, and he has since retired. And uh, he was 82 years old. Wonderful guy. I love working with this fellow. And uh and, and what's so amazing is I, I knew his son, too. And I was coming home about two weeks ago, and I hadn't seen his son in a long, long time. About two weeks, his son, I told Michael, I said, do you remember such and such? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I, I'll tell you a little story on that in a minute. So anyway, I'm, I'm leaving work, and this truck stops. And this guy just jumps out of the car <laughs> going, what's going on? I wasn't that close. He jumps out of the car, and he goes, buddy. I go, yeah. I got this much window. And he tell, I said, man, I knew exactly who it was when he got up close. And man, he's just going to town. Now, he was a wild one. But guess what? God transformed his life. Let me tell, let me tell you, he was talking. He said, Do you, I, I still got your business card. All right. So I talked to him. I said, man, that's great. You know, the cars are like beep, beep, beep. I said, he said, right, that's all right. Going around. And so I get back in. The, he gets back in the car and he calls me <laughs> and he talks to me in the rest of the way home. And all he was talking about is how good God had been to him, how God had delivered him from so many different things, how God was working in his life. See, that's what happens sometimes when, when, when you're going along your own way. How many know you can make more problems than you can solve? I know I, I don't have a problem. I can make a lot more problems than I can solve. See, when I grew up, I thought, well, you know, I'm a man. I can take care of these problems. I can do this. And then I found out I can make a whole lot more than what I could, could handle. You know, <clears throat> same with my same with my dad. Great guy, man. But my dad had a problem with grace. I tell him how good God was. He goes, yeah, I know, son, but. I said, there's no but in there. He didn't say but. He said, I died for you. While you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? So I'm going to just hit you with that up front to start the whole story off, all right? That's the whole story. What does the Bible say? It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do we believe all have sinned? Amen. We all missed the mark. Because if we didn't, he didn't need to send Jesus. But he sent Jesus, why? Because, amen, that's it, to save us. Save us, amen. See, when we leave this place, we're going to spend it in one or two places, in the presence of God or another place. And I will say, yeah, hell, a place called hell. You say, you trying to scare us? No, I'm just trying to inform you to make a great decision. And if you're here today and you think, man, I just figured I'd come on in today. No, you've been prayed for. You say, you never met me before. Well, good. God knew you were going to be here. And I pray today that God's going to open his word to you and transform your life. Amen? Because it's that, it's, it, it's a salvation's on the tip of your tongue. I'll tell you something else when I talk to people. Ah, like my buddy. He had shared with me. He said, well, you know, man, I just, I just thought I could do it on my own. I just thought, and he's a good guy. He's a tough guy. But there's a lot of good guys going to go to hell. Why? Because we can't be good enough. You can't do enough. You can't give enough. You can't do any of those things. It's about what Jesus did. He paid a price that we could never afford. So I get a phone call this week, and my buddy, that same buddy, calls me. He said, my dad passed. <laughs> now, a lot of times when people call you and their parents pass and everything, they're crying and they're upset and everything else. The man loved his dad, no question about it. But he knew that his dad knew the Lord. And he said, buddy, he said, I I'd really like you to do the funeral. And all I thought of was this. You ready? I'm going to be honest with you. This is what I thought of right here. My schedule. I said, man, I got to get the sermon done. This is roll. I said, when is it? He said, it's going to be Saturday. I said, Saturday. I supposed to help Thomas move. I'm trying to do this. And, I, and I'm thinking all, me, 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 my stuff. I'm thinking all, I said, man, I got to do this. I got to take care of my, my list. You see, I was plugging this thing in, man, fast. And I said, bud, I said, look, 
I said, let me see what I can do. I said, but if you can find somebody else, I said, go for it. But if not, I'll see what I can do. He said, okay. And I hung that phone up. And I went to lunch, man, and the Lord started dealing with me. He said, you know, you're supposed to do that man's funeral. He said, that was a buddy. I said, I, 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 okay. I said, okay. Right? In a minute, I told, I told the Lord, I'll do it. Right? And, and let me tell you, it's a privilege to speak at someone's funeral if they ask you. Let me tell you, it wasn't that. I had just got overwhelmed with my schedule. I had just got overwhelmed with the list that I got to do this week, right? And my buddy called back. He wasn't supposed to call me that till that evening. He called back as soon as I got from, back from lunch. And he goes, buddy, I said, uh, I'll do it. He goes, I've been praying ever since I hung up. The dude, your schedule would open up. Isn't that amazing, man, how God worked that out? So look, had the privilege to go speak at this man's funeral. There were people upon people upon people upon people, right? Because I always say this. I said, this ain't even in the notes. We just get warmed up, okay? I always say you preach your own funeral before you even get there. The lives you touch, you know, how you impact people's lives for Christ. Things you've done. You, you, you're preaching your own sermon, man. You're preaching your own deal. And that man had touched many lives. And I said, I got a question for you. If this man had ever helped you sometime in your life, would you raise your hand? Hands all over the place. I said, isn't that something? Mm, isn't that something? Did the man mess up sometimes? I'm sure he did. Did he miss the mark sometimes? Sure he did. But he made course corrections. That's what we do. When we get overwhelmed, we make course corrections and come back to Christ. Just wanted to share that a little bit today. Because when we get so overwhelmed with things, let me tell you, we need to refocus and put God in the equation. Amen? Let me tell you, how is your life being used? Amen? Right now to impact others for something eternal. Okay? Now you can help somebody across the street. You can do this and everything else. But I'm going to tell you what. The whole thing. This is what I, when I preach a funeral. I always ask this question to the family. What is the one thing that you want people to know about your loved one? Now he, what my buddy didn't know. Is I had already did an outline of this. Because I knew his dad. He said, I wanted them to know how much my dad loved the Lord, how much my dad loved his family, and how he did as much as he could to help us along the way. You can't beat that. Can't beat that. His dad invested in their life eternal principles. Eleven great-grandchildren. All of them there right there. Isn't that something? You can make a difference. See, when you're, when you're young, people say, well, I can't make a difference. I'm just a little guy. How can I make a difference? Boy, a kid will pull your heartstrings inside out, won't they? Amen. They'll run to roost. And then when you get about 18 and 19, 20, you say, well, once I get everything straight in my life, when does that happen? <laughs> once I get everything straight in my life, then I'll, I'll serve the Lord. Mm. All right. For our seniors and mature folks. And we say, well, you know, I've done it this way all these years. What possibly could I do? Let me tell you, God will use you. Right where you're at. I don't care if you're 60, 65, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, whatever. God will use you because you know what? You have that wisdom, hopefully from learning and seeing things like that. And you can start telling them, this is what God's done in my life. He's no respecter of a person. So guess what? Nobody's exempt, are they? But you know what? You got to ante up sometimes. Don't, I used to have a guy, we used to play, play uh, baseball together. And he'd come out there and he'd get them all rallied up. He said, don't talk me to death. Show me something. <laughs> if I told you name, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because he said, you know what? You can do all this. But you know what? We need to put some faith and feet to that. Amen? And that's what I pray today that we do. The sermon is called Overwhelmed. And you say, well, what, what do you mean? But is this an uplifting service? Absolutely. Let's keep on rolling. And when I was putting this together, I was praying and praying and praying. I said, Lord, what is the, 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 the whole scripture launching off here that we got? And, and, and the Lord drew me to this song, Psalm 145, 5, especially. But if you got your Bibles, you can open to that. I got most of the stuff on the screen. And it says, I will meditate. I got it up there. I will meditate on your majestic, majestic glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Is God the same yesterday and today and forever? That's what his word says, right? He doesn't change. Does everything else change? I got a mirror. Things are changing. Man. I'll say, say this. It's, it's funny how things would go. 
uh, we were at the football game the other day, right? And this kid walks by. He's coming out there and everything like this. And he crawls over me. And he goes, sir. I go, hey, buddy, how you doing? He goes, you look like MacGyver. And he walked off. <laughs> you know MacGyver on the TV show? And Thomas said, you got to cut that hair, dad. You got to get rid of that hair. And everybody was rolling, man. He said, it's the hair, dad. It's the hair. Yeah. I was like, and then I got to thinking, I, I actually looked up MacGyver's picture. And I'm thinking, I probably need to do something different. <laughs> Kids will just say stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, it's something else. And then something I thought, wow, you know, MacGyver, he was the go-to guy. He was the fix-it guy. I was thinking, man. But you know what? In that split second, that's, that's what he saw. When people look at your life, what do they see? Do they see somebody that loves the Lord? Do they see somebody trying to make a difference? You know what I mean? And I don't mean just with paper clips and duct tape, amen. You know, like MacGyver did. But I'm going to tell you, God will use you anyway, anytime. Amen. We'll walk through a couple of more of these things here real quick and then we'll jump over there. We talked about the news. Let me tell you what. We don't have to be worried about the news. We need to be aware of what's going on. But let me tell you, God's bigger than what's going on out there. Amen. And I want you to know that. Well, let's keep on rolling here and see what God's got for us. If you've got your hands out, grab that. We've got a few things. We can take some notes. And uh, we, we kind of hit a little bit of this here. We said, what overwhelms you? I love these pictures that Miss Tanya finds here. Overwhelmed actually means this, to overcome completely in mind or feeling. You ever get like that? Man, we just unpacked that a little bit. We just talked about some of those things. So what I want to focus in on this, I said, what our eye seeks will soon capture our minds. If you keep your eye on something long enough, you're going to start transforming to that, whether it's good or bad. Amen. We like to belong. How many times your kids, you say, you don't want to hang out with that crowd. You don't want to hang out with that crowd. What did they do? They're over here. They're over here. Over here, right? So what we start getting our eyes on captures our mind. Amen. You think about that over, over, and over. But you know what? We want to be sure that we uh, guard our eyes and we keep our eyes on the Lord and we keep uh, focusing on what God says. Because what happens is we start giving voice to all the negative things. You ever seen that? And we wonder why we put garbage in and there's garbage coming out. You know? Have you ever seen this? Uh, years ago, when I first started, we're now one of the older guys. And, uh, but I, I was the, one of the youngest guys and most of the guys had retired and they were out of the military, great guys and everything else, but they tend to complain a lot. I don't want to be that guy, but I probably am sometimes. And, and I had worked with these guys for a while and I hadn't seen a friend of mine in a while. And then when I run back into my friend, they go, man, you sound like a whiny old man. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh, I've been working with them. I had allowed that to start coming into my eyes and my ears and everything else and, and letting it form my opinion on stuff instead of looking at it from God's view. I was looking at it from everybody else's view, right? Because we're very impressionable on things like that. So we got to watch what we're, we're looking at. Check this out. The next thing I want to share with you this. What captures our mind will soon move our feet. You'll start gravitating to that. That's how sin works, right? We don't, sin, I always say that sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. It starts with a thought. Well, I'll just do that. Ah, that won't hurt. I'll just do And next thing you know, how did I get over here? Amen? And you say, wow, how do I, how do I deal with that? How do we deal with that? We deal with it in the name of Jesus. We gravitate towards those things that are painted on our mind's eye, you know? And, uh, and I was just thinking about a couple of different things here. When I got my first job, anybody remember my first job? I talk about it a lot. What is it? Kentucky Fried Chicken, that's right. I was a bird flipping fool, baby. I tell you what, I man, I bought my first amplifier that was as big as this. Ready? Ready? Six hundred and ninety-six dollars cash, baby. Let me tell you, I cooked so many chicken to get that thing. You just wouldn't believe it. I remember that. I was I was like sixteen. That's a long time ago. We had work. We had people that loved chicken. But I learned something. This is how they would train you in that business, right? Not so much us, because I, I didn't graduate to work in the cash register or anything. I was just a bird flipper. That was it, man. More chicken. Boom. Hit it again. More chicken. But those girls had to watch little film trips and everything like this. And what they did, they would call it suggestive sale. You know how that works? Go through McDonald's. They play on what's going on. All right? They'll do this. I wrote this down. Here you go. You paint the picture for them. It's a hot day. Would you like a tasty, cool, refreshing, homebrew sweet iced tea to go with that? <laughs> Don't they do that? 
I'm ready. Because now they've painted that picture on there, right? Yeah, they painted that picture. Oh, the, but so now they said, well, yeah, I think so. Would you like double the size for just a quarter of the price? Well, because if you say no, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> because now you've already committed to it. They're going to give you that much more for just a quarter. They're going to double it, man. Sure. How about that? They set the stage, didn't they? And we took the bait. We do that all the time. That's why I say, watch, be careful with the news. Be careful with the stuff. Right? So guard it. So you want to make sure you got the truth, right? We want to go to God's word on these things so that we don't give overwhelmed with these different things. But look at that. Supersize man. Let's keep on rolling. Hey, anybody ever order anything off TV? The garden weasel, you know, or whatever, something like that, right? The juice weasel, all that stuff. <laughs> all those things, all these things. But if you order now, only now, the next 415 people will get a free keychain with a flashlight on it. That you get five of them for a dollar down here. But you know, do that. And then, okay, so now you call. All right, now they get you on there. What happens? Then, you know, next thing you know, would you like a blender to go with that? No, I just want the, 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 the regular juice weasel. That's all I need. No, yeah, that's all I need. Oh, would you like some spoons with that? No, I don't want that. No. And they're just going on. Would you like some Barry Manilow records with that? No! Juice weasel! That's all I want. But they keep on going, right? They keep on setting you up. Take it on down the road. Because what are they doing? They're playing on that, aren't they? They're setting that stage. Why am I even talking about that? Because you know what? This, this eye gate right here is open to so much stuff. And these ears are listening to so much garbage. We've got to be sure that we're tuning into the things of God. Amen. We need to be aware of what's going on out there. I'm not saying live in a hole. But I'm saying, you know, in darkness, I'm saying be the light. Amen. That's what we're talking about here. Amen. So look at that. So we're talking about what captures our minds will soon move our feet. Are you on the right path? What do you mean by that? We need to continue to do what God has for us. I want to rewind just a little bit here. I saw something in my notes. I jumped over. This is the, the, the principle that I'm telling you. It's not a bad thing. You, you, you know, they making sales and doing stuff and thriving businesses. But isn't this right here, throwing that out a little bit, those, those, those temptations. Where do you remember that happening at in the Bible? From the beginning, right? In the garden, what does what the, the, the serpent say, right? God don't want you to be like him. If you ate of his fruit, you'd be like him. Casting doubt. Amen. Jesus, right? After he gets baptized, goes out 40 days, right? You're probably hungry after 40 days. I'm telling you, about 12.05, man, I'm like knocking little Philly's door down. So I know 40 days, my goodness. And the, and, and, the, and the enemy goes up and says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Always the temptation. How did Jesus combat the devil? Combat the devil with the word of God. If you don't fill up on the word, you won't have the word to speak. And that's what happens so many times. We just go, oh, I can do that. That's like, it's just like with your kid. Oh, no, you can't count to 10. Yes, I can. No, you can't, right? Different things like that. Try to edge them over like that. But the enemy does it to the hundredth degree. Trying to get you off the path. So look, if we look at God's word, even from the beginning, what happened when, when Adam and Eve went with what he said? Here we are. Amen. Here we are. What happened when the son of God used the word of God? We were overcomers. Amen. That's what I want you to see today. Everybody doing good? Let's keep on rolling. So the things that overwhelm you can be put back in place with the word. All right. Well, let's think about this now. What are, our, what are our options? What do we usually do? We're just going to try harder, right? Now, I believe working hard, I believe giving 100%. But if what you're doing is not working, you might want to make an adjustment, amen? You might, you know, you just get, I got it now. I got it now. I got it now. You know, like that little train set just keeps bumping into stuff. And you go, wow, it's not moving. Guess what? Move over and open the window, right? And so sometimes we try hard. We try hard as we can. And there's nothing wrong with that if we're getting the right attitude and the right truthful message. Amen? What else? We can run from it. Can't we? We can just run from it. This is an amazing story. 
I did the funeral last night. Man, we, I was way, way over in Matthews. I, I was talking to Jesse on the phone. I said, I see a street light. I'll be home in an hour. I'm still driving, 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 right? But I got up to Wawa's and I said, I'm going to give me something to eat. And I'm, I'm saying, man, I'm praising the Lord. Things went good. And, and I'm just thankful that my, my friend's dad knew the Lord and that he's with his wife now after 52 years and things like that. And, and just praising God for, for the truth of his word and the truth of his promises. And, but I'm still looking, always looking for where God's at work. Y'all do that? Because God be working at Food Line, Wawa, wherever, right? So I pull up and I see this lady on her car like this. I said, what in the world's going on? She must need prayer. I whip around there and I kind of go around there and she's over here. And then she goes to the back of her car and I'm looking and she's still. I got my suit on and everything, just finished preaching. I said, well, maybe I need to pray for this woman. I'm getting all spiritual, right? I mean, Lord, I just use me. So get out of there. And I don't want to scare the woman. She was this weird, right? I go, excuse me, ma'am. She goes, yeah. I said, uh, is everything all right? I said, she said, yeah. I said, well, I thought you were praying. She goes, no, I don't do that. I was just stretching my legs. <laughs> so I said to myself, well, if you pray more, you probably wouldn't have to stretch your legs. <laughs> but see, what, we were looking at two different things. I thought, man, maybe she needs somebody to pray with. Is everything all right? Do you need a donut? What's going on? What's happening? Is your car out of gas? You know, that's what I'm thinking. And then, but, but it, I know my face went like this. Because I'm just thinking, man, God's moving in this thing, right? And he was. And I go, and she said, no, I, she said, no, I don't, I don't pray. I'm just stretching. And I thought, ooh, you mean, this is, good thing I was hungry. Because that lady would have probably said, get him away from me. <laughs> I thought, this is what's going through my mind. I said, the creator of the universe, they gave you your legs to walk on. They give you your eyes to see. They give you that car that you're jumping back in. You don't talk to him? That's kind of strange. Or I might say, do you got children? Can you imagine? You know, if Thomas and Jesse, the only time they come around, it's like, I need gas money. See you. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? That's not a relationship. That's just like, hey, hand me, give me, do me this. You know, like, oh. and, I, and I thought, that's just that's terrible, man. But so many times, you know what? We, we walk away from the blessing, we run from it, and we just ignore it. That's what's so sad. Moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, have you ever sacrificed something for your children? Worked hard. Give them something. Whatever. You don't necessarily expect them to be, you know, every time, you know, I really appreciate that bicycle in the third grade, and they're in college. But you'd like them to appreciate what you've done for them. Right? But sometimes people just ignore it. And so today, while we're going through this slide, I just pray you take a minute and think about what God's given you. He's given you your family. He's given you work. He got you up this morning. You can see. You know, I've been real big on seeing because, man, two months my mother was blind. And now she can see. That just, woo! That just revolutionized my, my world when my mama couldn't see. And then she could see. I know you guys might get tired of hearing it. I don't. Because let me tell you, for two months, everything she needed, somebody had to do it for. Every single thing. And in an instant, it changed. How many fingers I got at mama? Two. What? What color shirt you got on? Blue. Why is that light on? You need to turn it off, buddy. You're going to run my Vepco bill up. I don't care, you know, whatever. But so I'm going back to those things that we look at so many times. We ignore some of the greatest blessing. We ignore that. We ride by, well, I don't want to go to church. My gosh, it's gonna be, I'm going to be in there an hour. But you sit and check your email for an hour and look at this and read the paper and do your fingernails. It won't take an hour to come worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The one that gave you breath, got you out of bed. Whoo, y'all going to get me cranked up here. But we ignore it, don't we? But then there's something else we could do, right? We can accept it. I want to take, take a minute here on this for sure. A lot of times we look at this and, and I thought, man, there's really two sides of this core. We can accept something, and that doesn't mean we quit, we give up, or, or that's the ball game. But the other side is this. See it for what it is, not worse than what it is, right? Does that make sense? Say you get a report from the doctor. God uses doctors a lot. But let me tell you what. 
He doesn't have the final say. Amen. Got a testimony right there. My mother, my mom. Lives in here. All right. All the time you'll find, most all the time, the world will tell you what you can't do. Anybody had that? You know? You take a young person and you say, what do you think you'd want to be? I talked to a young boy at the, the, the funeral home last night. It just popped in my mind. And I'm always talking to you. If there's a little kid, I say, how are you doing? And they say, oh, I'm doing good. And I said, well, what type of work do you do? You know? I said, well, you're 10 years old. You probably got three or four jobs, right? And they go, who is this guy? I'm just teasing him. But I asked this young man. The Lord kept drawing me back to this young boy. Out of the whole family, the Lord kept drawing me back to this young boy. I said, hey, man, uh, how you doing? He said, okay, sir. And he's kind of a shy guy. And I said what I usually say. I said, what type of work do you do? And he said, uh, he said, uh, I'm a dishwasher. I said, praise God, brother. I said, God will reward your hard work. See, he almost didn't want to tell me. I said, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I said, buddy, I believe you can, you can own that restaurant. You ought to see what happened when I saw him dad. His mom and dad's looking at him. I said, I said, you can do anything, man. I said, that's, you know, there's a blessing that's starting on the ground floor. Because then you see how the whole thing operates. Then you appreciate things. And by the time I finished talking to that boy, right, the dishwashing boy that I talked to became to the dishwashing boy that I talked to. You see the difference in the posture? Because I spoke life into his life. I gave him hope with the situation. See, he was believing the poor. I just accept that I'm just a, I'm just a dishwasher. Let me tell you something. If you don't do your job good, all everybody comes in that restaurant is going to get sick. So I'm thankful for a dishwasher. Amen. There's so many things that we look at this stuff. We just accept and say, well, that's what they say. I can't do, never make it in any way. I can't do this. I can't accept this. I told you guys this many times. And the reason I tell you this is because God will use anybody. Got sick before school most every day until I graduated. Overwhelmed. Why? I don't know. I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to ask me to read something out loud. Just like that. And you say, you? Yeah. Not comfortable with that. Even when I would read, and, and still sometimes when I read, now I just say, well, Lord, you're going to have to fix it by the time we get there, right? Reading stuff. I said, Lord, as a man, I went back, I've got a computer program. I didn't even share this with nobody. My family don't even know this. I went back, got a computer program to help me read faster. There's not enough hours in the day for me to work two, job, two jobs and take care of my mom and do the studying I do, right? So I got a program and I'm reading. They, they, they call it flooding. You look at this stuff and you can read faster. It moved my, my stuff up from 100 words a minute or whatever it was to like, I got words like 500. This is a guy I couldn't hardly read good. And I'm going through there because I wasn't accepted. I said, the Bible says I got the mind of Christ. The Bible says I know God called me to preach and I'm going to do whatever I can the best I can. Lord, help me with that. What were you reading? I was reading God's word. And I would go back and look at God's promises. I said, that's who he said I am. And I'd read his word. And I'd read his word. And I'd read his word. Because I tell you what, without him, we are nothing. Amen? The best you get is what you see. And that's usually not a whole bunch. that lasts for a long time. But I'm going to tell you what. I get excited about what God will do in a life that's transformed. Amen? All you got to do is ask him. Does that mean that everything goes perfect? Nope. Does that mean you never have any trouble? Nope. But I tell you what it does mean. You never go through it alone. Take a look at this. This is something the Lord showed me when I was working on this. You have a choice. You can be overwhelmed by your circumstances or overwhelmed by the one who can change your circumstances. That's what the Lord showed me. And I said, you know what? I can be overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, how am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? What's going on with here? Or we can turn around and go to God's word. And I said, wait a minute. I'm a child of the Most High God. Amen? Why? Because you're a preacher? No. Why? Because you're Mr. Nice Guy? No. Because I put my faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. That's it. Just like everybody else that comes to Jesus, you come one way. Lord, I need you. Forgive me. And let me tell you this. Don't try to figure it all out. Because I don't think we can live long enough to figure it out. Take it just like Jesus said. Just like, like these little kids. Boom. Unless you come. With that childlike faith. What must I do to be saved? Call on the name of Jesus. 
and go from there. And he'll grow you and he'll take care of you and he'll keep on moving. All right, let's go. I want to give you some more of God's word on. I love this psalm. I want to just read. I, I uh, give you some encouragement here. Read the rest of this psalm. I only got the first eight verses here. I apologize. It's a little small. Uh, if you got your Bibles, you can open up, but I'll read it on out to us. And look at this heart of David. David wrote this psalm. And David went through a lot of things, didn't he? I mean, he went through some stuff. He made some bad decisions. Amen. He, he, he killed a giant. Amen. He acted like a crazy man so they wouldn't kill him one time. Amen. I mean, this cat had went through a lot of stuff. And he's the only guy in the Bible that God says he's a man after my own heart. See, I love that because you know what? We missed the mark and we think we're done. God said, I didn't put you on a shelf. I'm bringing you back in and putting you in the game. Look at this. Look at, look at his heart right here. He says, I will exalt you, my God and king, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. See, he purposed it in his heart. Who God was and what God meant to him. Have you purposed who God is in your life? Not in her life, his life, their life, or at the church. In your life, have you purposed who God is? He goes on. He says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Now, that's easy to say. Now, you think about it. Did you see that video? The wind and the seas and the everything else, man. Amazing. You know? You think about it, they said, scientists say if, 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 the, if the earth moves on its axis just a little bit, man, we either freeze to death or burn up. I guess, it's, I guess we're just lucky like that. No, it's God, amen. Let's keep on rolling. Where are we at, number four? Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your mag- majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Let me just go back to here. You talk about those generations and stuff. When I went to that funeral yesterday and I talked to those children and the grandchildren, they were talking about how their granddaddy had impacted their life and how he loved fishing and, and uh, hunting and all that. And one of the little girls, what do they call it? The animal whisperer or the dog whisperer? He said, my daughter is a chicken whisperer. I said, I'm not up on all this, but somebody that, that really is a dog whisperer. The guy, I suppose, on a little TV, man, you're really plugged in with the, the animals just flock to him. This little girl, she got a slew of chickens out there. He said, I ain't never seen nothing like it. He said, my daughter can walk out there and do this. Boop. Chickens all over there. I said, good thing that you didn't know me when I was in the bird business. No. <laughs> when I was in, I, hey, hey, we get her a job in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hey, come here. Come here. <laughs> Let me get back on this thing. But isn't that amazing? But the, the whole legacy, man, the miraculous stuff. Oh, my goodness. Number seven says, everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness, and they will sing with joy about your, about your, right, your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, and filled with unfailing love. What does that mean, unfailing love? It can't fail. We can fail. We do. I do. God's love never fails. That's picking a brick off somebody's back today. See, we come in here and all me, this, that, and everything else. I come in here like that. You know, we're plugging stuff in. It don't work. We're doing this and everything else. And I just like, Lord, just help me to just settle my heart on you. Lord, just help me get my eyes on you. And the minute I do, I start seeing things in a different perspective, a different way. What would God do if you just turned your life over to him? anything he wants. And I guarantee you it's a whole lot better what me and you can do. Amen? Alright, so we're talking about being overwhelmed. What happens if we were overwhelmed by God? I'm going to fix my slide. I was supposed to say we are triumphant through Christ. But I was working so fast I left that off. We are triumphant through Christ. What do you mean? That means we succeed in him. We're successful in him. We are victorious in the Lord. What else do we see? His mercy. Go back to that. That's why I wanted to run that before we, we uh, run that movie before this. Visualize that. You see the waves. You see the mountains. You see the hill. Just the, the air we breathe, man. What is it, like 21% oxygen? Right? What's the, what does that make? 79% nitrogen? If it changes just a little bit, you're done. You're out. Amen? Things can change in an instant. In an instant. Are you ready? Are you overwhelmed by God? See, let's keep rolling. 
man, I'm, I'm just getting excited about what God's doing. The power of the cross. That was one of the things that was on that, that film. Do we understand the power of the cross? You know, MacGyver had a whole lot of stuff, but he didn't have the power of the cross. You know what I mean? Maybe I hope he does know the Lord. I'm just saying. But what I'm saying is we'll try to fix it. We got any fix it guys? I'm not a fix it guy. I'm the guy that calls the fix it guy. Amen. I'm the guy that calls granddaddy. Uh, Denise needs some help with this. <laughs> Tell me what I need to pick up. And there's so many people gifted with that. That's, that's not my gift. I can play you a song while you work on something. <laughs> I do. I could be the best apprentice you ever had, man. I could dab the sweat. I could bring you a sandwich. Uh, look like you smoke. Turn that screwdriver. I'll work with you. And I don't mind it. It's just, it's, it's not my thing. And, and, and you know what's worse, worse than that? Many years, I thought it was my thing. And then you have one of those friends just say, dude, stop helping me. <laughs> You're killing me. Stop helping me. You know, I think it was about the time I hit my buddy's girlfriend in the head with a hammer. I didn't know she was that close. I was talking and she was bringing a, oh, that looked like that's going to leave a mark there. Ice, please. He said, man, I told you I'd do this. i fix it. I should have known this too. See, now I know this and I get up to those contact clues. Just the other week, my car, me and Jesse pulled back from Chick-fil-A and water's pouring out of there and everything else. I go, I'm looking under there and I go, that's not good. So I do what any, any, uh, any hardworking man do. I crawled out there, scaled out there, took a bite of Chick-fil-A sandwich, and then said, so let's look at this. And I got my flashlight on my phone. I go, that ain't good. I said, that's all right. Robert's not closed at Champs. I can make it up there. Pull up to Robert's. Robert's a great guy. Robert knows me. Robert don't know I can't work on stuff. He said, wait a minute. He runs over there and gets a screwdriver. He said, just tighten it. I was like, okay. Boom. I touched it. And the whole hose blew off. Boom. He says, now you got a problem. <laughs> I thought, anybody else would have said, you should never give him that screwdriver, right? But he didn't know. He's like, yeah, that's a dealer item there. I was like, that ain't good. I do know this. I got to get home before it runs out of water. Come back. And then I see my neighbor that's a fix-it man. Hey, Bob. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> hey, Bob. How you doing? How's your day? He goes, fine. What's broke? <laughs> One day I'm going to go over there and just say, hey, what's going on? I said, but today is not that day. I go over there and I said, Bob. I said, uh, I think it's a pretty quick fix for a guy like you. <laughs> Me? It could be days. All right. So anyway, all it was was a T, a little plastic piece. I called auto parts store. They're kind of like me, some of those guys. Now, we don't see that on the sheet. It's there. Call the dealers. We don't have that on our microfish film thing. It's there. So this is when I really knew that my neighbor knew that I'm not the go-to guy. He says, uh, I can fix that. I said, okay, what do you need me to do? He says, uh, why don't you go home and get something to eat? <laughs> I'll get it. I said, I, I, you know, I hate somebody working on something. I can hand him something. He says, uh, I'll get it. That's, that means go home. So I go home, right? And I'm eating. I'm looking over there. And I see Bob. He's going. He's trying to sneak out there so I won't come over. So I give my head start, right? And then he's under that hood. And then I go, hey, Bob. He goes, oh. <laughs> you need any help? He says, no, man, I'm done. I'm done. And. They didn't, they didn't have the part. So he took something loose on his stuff to fix my stuff. And that's something. I said, man, he said, that'll probably work better than a real deal. He said, but go ahead and, and keep it. I said, well, what, what, uh, what I owe you? It, that's what neighbors do. See, but I already knew that answer because I dealt with Bob before. So between him going back and forth, I went to surf's up and got him something, so a little certificate so he can go down there. See, if I'm taking time away from your family, I want to invest back in your family. Oh, he had a fit about that. He said, I told you not to pay me. I said, I didn't. I said, I just want, want you to go out to dinner with your wife because I took some of your time up. <sighs> so I'm the other day. He said, how's that holding up? I said, good. It's going good. It's going good. I know he's thinking, don't touch it. <laughs> don't touch it. So, man, let's move to this one. Sometimes we need some forgiveness, right? <clears throat> I really try to fix some stuff sometimes. 
And every now and then I do fix a few things. You know, it don't matter if you got to pull up on our door to shut it. You know? <laughs> it doesn't matter if, our, if there's a little bit of that thing and Denise's side of the dresser is a little sideways. I did what I could, you know. What are you getting with all this stuff? Tim's laughing. Tim, I, Tim lets me hand him stuff, so that's good. But, you know, we can get overwhelmed by things. But when we look at that, the forgiveness and all that. Hey, I didn't take it bad that my, my neighbor said, hey, look, man, I get it. You just need to go. Well, it's all right. I said, man, I appreciate the guy taking the time that would help me do something. You know? But see, a lot of times, we won't forgive ourselves. I go, man, I know I can do it. I, nobody gives me a chance. I was like, man, that's not my thing. You know? I'll pray for you while you're working on it. You know? Whatever the case is. Let's keep on going. Are we overwhelmed by God? Delight in his glorious presence. Man. I think that's the big thing when we get overwhelmed. When I look at those jobs and I go, man, that's, that's out of my jurisdiction. You know, I can't work on that. When I look at my life and I say, I, I, can't, I can't fix that. Not on my own. Because if I could fix it, I'd already fixed it. You know? So what do I do? I got to trust God in those things. Amen? I got to lean on what God says. Amen? I need to be delighted in his presence. Everything changes when we're in the presence of God. Everything changes when we're in the presence of God. I don't care how bad it is or whatever. God has a way of loving us right where we are. Okay, let's go back to that definition. Overwhelmed. To overcome completely when your mind or feeling. Are we overwhelmed with God? Two sides of the coin. We started out talking about being overwhelmed, just, just stressed out, right? I don't care what it is. If you go to the doctor, they can't figure it out. They say it's stress. You know? What would happen if we got overwhelmed with God? I think we'd lose that stress, amen? I think we'd lose a lot of those things. If we just got so absorbed with that. This is what the Lord showed me, and I wrote this little comment down. It says, a heart that encounters the true love of Christ will impact the lives God surrounds them with. you believe that? I believe that. I believe that, you know what? Once God's touched your life, it's going to impact somebody else's life. There's no way that I'm not going to tell you how good God is. Now, it's up to you to receive it, Right? But I want to tell you how good God is. Why? Because that's how good God is. Because that's what he calls us to do. That's what he wants us to do to pass on the good news. I could tell you a bunch of funny stories and everything else. That'll never change your life. What I want to tell you is this. God loves you right where you are. God will take you right where you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Sooner is better, but I'm going to tell you what. Today's the day. Do not leave here today without calling on the name of Jesus. Why? The Bible is very clear. He says, you know what? No one comes to the Father but by Christ. So if you're thinking that you're going to get to heaven, because every, listen to this. Y'all listen to this. There's a point that the Bible says there's a point that a man once dies, then the judgment. We don't stack up to God's perfect rules. I can help you with that. Let me just go over something. If we think we're good enough, let me just help you with this, right? Have you ever lied? If I lied to you, would you say I'd be a liar, right? Have you ever stolen anything? Took some candy from your brother, something like that? Yeah. If I reach in your wallet and take one dollar, what's that? You say, I'm a thief, right? Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Right? Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, yeah. Okay, because you know what? Because you just told me you were a liar. <laughs> right? The Bible says that if we miss one of those things, we miss them all. Now, if the story just stopped there, man, that'd be a sad story. But the story doesn't stop there. The story begins there for people that call on the name of Jesus. See, the story begins when you know that you've missed them all. The story begins when you know that our sin separates us from an awesome and holy, perfect God. The story begins when you see God as a loving father and says, you know what? You can't pay the price. You can't pay the price. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay the price. And he sent Jesus Christ to pay that price for each and every one. Will you accept that? Will you call on the name of the Lord? See, a lot of folks think they're weak if they do that. It's just a crutch. I'm going to tell you what, that would be more strength than you ever had in the name of Jesus. Amen? If you've been doing stuff on your own all this time and everything else, well, you've been blessed to be able to do that. And I believe God is, is very, just he said he's slow to anger and everything else. But there is a day coming, amen, that we're going to have to stand before the Lord. Are you worried about that, buddy? No. 
Why? One reason only. Lord, I called on your son's name and I put my faith and trust in him. I blew it, blew it a million trillion times. But thank God that your sacrifice was enough to cover my sin. I won't even say cover, to take away my sin. I want you to hear that. And your sin and your sin and your sin and his sin. The sin of the world. That's how perfect God is. And that's how much love God has for you. And you can hear all this stuff and go, yeah, I heard about that. It's like me writing you a check for a million dollars and you putting that in your pocket and you never cash it. It doesn't do you any good. You got to take that baby step of faith. Lord, today, right here, right now, I'm trusting you. Forgive me of my sin and come into my life. That's how simple it is. It's not cheap. It costs God his best. May you be overwhelmed by the presence of God in the room of God. What is it right here, right now that God's nudging you to do? What is it that he's, he's saying, you know what? You got to make a change. Hey, right now, hey, you know what? You need, to, you need to call on my name. I'll save you right here, right here, right now. Whatever it is, it's your opportunity right now as I pray for you. Let's bow our head and pray. Father God, I pray that you're tugging on hearts today. I pray something that was said here today, Lord, that, that they heard your word. And I'm going to ask you guys just to be real about this for a minute. If you died tonight, if we, if we were here preaching your funeral, do you know for sure that we would be able to say without a shadow of doubt, oh, they're in heaven? Do you know that? Because that's what, that's what God desires, that you be with him forever. What must I do to be saved? Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I believe that. Sure, I believe that. But did, have you made him your own? You can believe the son's going to sign on tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you what. This is what I'm saying here. We need to make him our own. So right now, here is your opportunity. You say, what I do? Pray this right here from, your, from where you're at. Make this your prayer. Dear Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Today, I'm trusting in you. I believe you're the son of God that takes away the sin of the world. Father, thank you for saving me. Help me to live for you. If that's your prayer today, I should just look up here so I could just, just pray with you and pray for you. If that's your prayer today, don't leave here today without not knowing what God has, has, has done for you. Claim hold of that. I pray that you don't go to sleep tonight without calling on the name of Jesus. Why wait? Eternity is at stake. Today's your day. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right.